Welcome to the Facts versus Feelings podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sonu Varghese. Cutting through the noise in 30 minutes each week with Ryan Dietrich, Chief Market Strategist, and Sonu Varghese, VP Global Macro Strategist, taking out the boring and helping investors focus on what really matters. A quick note before we start the show. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Carson Partners, the division of CWM LLC, is a nationwide partnership of advisors. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 41st episode of Carson's Facts versus Feelings with Ryan and Sonu. Sonu, we're calling this one Putting Theory into Action with Jessica Golson. We hyped up Jessica last week. She might be a little nervous, but we uh, this will be a lot of fun. We promise it won't be hard. So uh, tell us how excited you are. Then we'll go to Jessica in one second here. I, I feel like we should have a curtain and then it opens and we see Jessica there. But uh, <laughs> no, so no, this is really cool uh, to have Jessica on. Jessica, thank you so much. Jessica leads our investment research platform and she is the person who makes everything work. I think that's the best way I'd put it. That is, and I probably need to say your title real fast, Jessica. Senior Vice President, Investments and Trading. Really, we think of her the head of investment platforms, head of the research team, just makes makes everything happen. Um, we had to get the title right. Jessica, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks. You're very generous in those descriptions, so um, I appreciate it. But this well, is my first time ever recording a podcast, so... I'm humbled to do it here with friends on my favorite podcast. Yeah, no, no, nobody's listening. It's okay. Oh, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. Um, yeah, so so everyone, we're going to have a lot of fun. This, this is We'll go for 30 minutes. We're going to talk a lot about Jessica's career, what she's learned, some mistakes made, some things she's uh, grown from. But also, and I think most exciting to me, honestly, is what's going on with the Carson Investment Research Team that maybe oh, yeah. you don't see. You hear Sona and I all the time talk about the Fed, inflation. We talk a little bit about working with our partners and some of the cool things we're doing, but we're really going to dive more into how the impact that the Carson Investment Research Team is making now, but hopefully we're going to make for many, many years to come in our industry. So, Sonu, I'll just let you fire away with the um, with the first question, if you want. Um, give her give her a softball, will you? Uh you know, we are actually, I just realized that this episode that most of you are listening is going to be after July 4th. That's true. We are recording this before July 4th, but so Jessica, what are your July 4th plans? Ooh, you know, nothing solid yet, but I imagine it'll probably involve the boat, some oh, fireworks, nice. hopefully some barbecue, maybe a sunburn, uh, <laughs> but a good time for sure. That sounds very July 4th to me. <laughs> No, but uh, no, th- th- that's awesome. I mean, hopefully we get to do some of the same if we can get the wildfire smoke to clear from Chicago. So hopefully by the time you all are listening to this, that's gone. And I know Ryan's uh, got a very important thing this uh, Saturday, too. Or your yeah, daughter just- does. Uh, yeah, not so much me. As as I've pointed out on this podcast many times, I did buy some Taylor Swift tickets back in December. Those were the Cincinnati show that's coming up. So by the time people listen to this, hopefully that show's already happened. Um, you know, I did buy six. I sold four, made a good amount of money on them. So free markets worked in that particular case. Jessica, you have some children. Uh, maybe tell us about your children. And are they big Taylor Swift fans? Because my daughter is, and there's a lot of people. One final comment. We've made jokes before. There's no way you're heading to a recession when Taylor Swift tickets are going for what they're going the way she's going to every city, people buying steaks and, and going to nice restaurants. And, and it still feels that way as she takes over cities, city after city. Uh, tell us about your kids, Jessica. Yeah, I've got I've got three. So two teenage boys, Wyatt and Jacob. 
Uh, they're too cool for Taylor Swift. Yeah. And then that. my daughter's eight, <laughs> and actually she's not a huge Swifty at this point, but I'm sure it's coming. Um, but I did hear with that the if you're going to the concert, you're supposed to wear, you know, as much sparkle and sequins as you possibly can. So. I'm My daughter bought $1,200 worth of sparkles over the past six months, so don't worry. Every day something shows up for this stupid concert that, that keeping the economy going. That, yeah. There goes yeah. profits from Ryan's pocket into you know whatever retailer's pocket. Maybe that's exactly. why G- GDP growth was revised up, Ryan, in, yeah. for first quarter from 1.3% to 2%. It was. It was. It's all me. Thank you. Taylor You're Swift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that that gets to so you know on a little more serious note, if we can ever get there, Jessica. Uh, maybe I'll start with this. What do you do here at, yeah. at Carson Investment Research? Yeah. Well, aside from all the kind things you said, the reality is is we've got a, a big team here of devoted and dedicated people that I get to work alongside with to really impact our advisors and their clients. But what I do specifically is I oversee the investment team, the investment platform, as well as our trading team. And so just working through efficiencies there, making sure it's a connected experience um, and simplified for the advisors. I feel like oversee is a very, you know, too mild a word for what you do, but I'll come up with something. You know? <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking, it almost sounds like you're not that busy when you explain it like that. And I know you're like the busiest person. People always, people think I'm busy. Like, so do I. The stuff we do is fun. We're not busy. Yeah. You are busy. busy. Um, yes. We'll put it that way. So so before we get into some of that stuff, I love to talk about like people's career paths, right? You've, you've, you've had a couple different jobs as you've weaved through, you know, maybe two or three minutes. Kind of tell us about your career path, that, what led to... um sitting on this podcast right now, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So I started um, fresh out of undergrad. I worked actually for an advisor or as an advisor at Waddell and Reed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just happened to be 2007, eight and nine. So Mm -hmm. a really tough time for investors, but I think just a huge value to me as somebody new starting in the industry, um, really learned some lessons, I think, early on in my career. Uh, a few of those, I think there's three key ones. So the first is, you know, it's real money when you're 22 and you're sitting in, you know, an office and listening to an advisor, talk to a client that's, you know, rethinking when they can retire, rethinking the goals they set for themselves. You know, it, it's not just numbers on the sheet. It is truly somebody's life. They've worked hard for it. It's their legacy and we need to treat it that way. So I think that was a, an early on lesson. Um, The second, and I think I was fortunate because I got to sit in with a number of advisors who had been there quite a, quite a while. And I saw where the clients who didn't have a plan, they were reactive. They were scared. Everything was based on emotions, but those advisors that did work through a plan, you know, it was just as emotional, I think, but they were able to educate and lead and remind their clients, you know, that this is part of a process that, you know, in the end, going to be okay. Here's what we're working through and here's how we're helping you. And I think, um, so one, the importance of planning, but two, just the significance that an advisor plays in the role of their client's life. Like it's just so vital. And I think the third, which is really what kind of led me through my career is there's a ton of stuff that has to happen outside of that meeting. So preparing for the meeting after the meeting And, you know, from my experience at a few different firms, it's clunky and it's time consuming and it takes away from that impact advisors can make spending time with their clients. So that kind of spun off into 
know, 10 plus years in the operations side. And so I really got in, you know, deep with how things work, why things work, um, and learned some lessons too of, you know, why tech is so important, why integrations are important. How do you, you know, stay innovative, but not build something that's obsolete, you know, in a few months. And, and so I think just being on that operation side really helped learn how to connect all the dots. And now I get to just have fun. So I said, I'm busy, but I'm having fun because <laughs> now I get to yeah. kind of put all that into play and really help simplify things for our advisors so that they can, you know, be there for their clients when they need it. That's awesome. It's you, such came unique you came prepared, by the way. Usually, Sona and I do this. We don't. You're like, I have three things to say. It's, oh, she came prepared. That's, well, that's, that's I awesome. listened you're, to you're this. You're up in the I podcast. Like, that's good. <laughs> I listened to you, and I knew that you uh, you'd have questions. So, yep. I, I came good. prepared. There you go. So, like I was saying, that's such a unique perspective. It, it's not often you meet somebody on, in, in investment research anywhere, really, right? Uh, who've gone through that path that you just described where you've worked on, you know, with advisors, talk to clients, and then on the operation side too, right? So you've got the operations perspective, the investment research perspective, and, you know, working yep. directly with advisors and clients, right? Like that that's the complete picture of what we're trying to do today. But just exploring that a little bit more, how has that informed what you, V, are doing on the cost and investment research team today? Yeah, I think, you know, going back, just the evolution of the advisor and what was necessary as part of part of a platform for them to use. You know, that's changed over the years from, you know, you just did a great thing on Harry Markowitz, but the, the modern portfolio theory it used to be you just, you know, find a risk score and set a stock to bond target and you'd have your choices there. Mm -hmm. Kind of transitioned into financial planning and having your goals based planning. And then it's, you know, now <clears throat> we're moving into this whole era of, you know, I need to combine all of that plus add in, you know, my tax situation, my values, my perspectives and, and being able to tie all that together. Um, that's what we're doing on the Carson, Carson Investment Research Team. We're evolving and we're finding ways for those connection points and just, you know, simplifying that as much as we can. No, that, that's great. I mean, one one that I'd like to talk, dive into a little bit. Obviously, you're a woman in finance, and it is somewhat of a male dominated industry. Um, talk to me a little bit about that evolution for any females listening or thinking about getting into finance. How that went for you? Some pitfalls, some positive things, and then I guess to wrap it up, you know, how is it working as a woman at Carson, the Carson Group? I, pretty sure, yeah. You know, hopefully pretty fun. But I, I know we we absolutely love you, so hopefully it's fun. But you know, yes. talk, talk to that to some listeners out there who are thinking about getting into finance that are females. Yeah, I think, so first of all, it's similar to my daughter. I had two big brothers, so I'm used to hanging out with the boys. That part mm -hmm. didn't intimidate me. And, you know, I noticed in undergrad, I've always been focused on investments in, in the market. And I did realize, you know, I was typically the only girl in the class, which really didn't um, have an effect on me, but I can see how that could be intimidating. Um, but what I found through the years is, you know, male or female, there's a lot of people out there willing to help you and, you know, advocate for you and they want to see you grow. And so I think in any industry, if you come with the passion for it, you're going to find supporters. And so um, that's been great. I've had a lot of female mentors, you know, male mentors, all of that. And I think as being a female in this industry, it's important to, you know, be 
representative and show that, you know, it's not a boys club. You can get mm -hmm. in, you can do good things. It's about the work and the passion and, and, you know, the desire to do what you do. And so that's been great. Um, you know, we did something here at Carson with Rock the Street, Wall Street, where we got to spend some time with um, a high school girls uh, here in town. And so that was fun. And I think just being out there and letting them know, you know, the investment side of it, there's so much more than being a portfolio manager. I, I originally wanted to be a portfolio manager because I thought that's what you did in investments, but it's a really exciting career and a lot of different paths. That's um, nice, and nice then, then you ask here at Carson and yep. I mean, Carson's been super supportive. Again, our team has been fantastic. We're led by Terry Shepard, who's amazing. Exactly. Um, you know, Aaron Woods, fantastic. And really just being able to collaborate um, with like-minded people. It's been great. That's awesome. It's very nicely put. So is Addy, Addy is Jessica's beautiful daughter, I say, which is not mm -hmm. to say her uh, boys are not uh, <laughs> handsome and cute, but uh, Addy's the youngest one. Is she interested in investments or finance? Does she ask? You know, it? she is at this point, she likes money. She likes saving money. Oh, I think what we go. found with her is she always saves a lot more money because she somehow gets her dad to buy her whatever she wants, where the mm. boys have to spend their money on it. So um, she's definitely learning the value there. But if you asked her, I think she would want to be either an artist or a TikTok star. So <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll see how that evolves over the years. She could teach us how to do some TikTok videos, maybe. <laughs> Get you doing some dances on here. Oh, well, Sonu has played his guitar before, and there's been rumors there I might yes. sing to a song one of these days, but yes. no, no hurry on that. It may be a Rocky theme. There may be a Rocky Ooh. theme to it, but, you know. Maybe no, you can do some push-ups or something. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about the evolution of the advisor, right? I mean, you, since you've started the industry, what I love about your career, again, you were an advisor. You think like an advisor. You think about this company, Carson Group. How's it founded? It's founded by Ron Carson, 1983, in his dorm room in you know in the University of Nebraska, calling people, cold calling. That's so every and Ron, I, I'm biased. We're all biased. We think he's the greatest advisor to ever live. He's at least on mm -hmm. the Mount Rushmore, right? So everything about this company is built about an advisor and how they see the world, and that's everything we do. And I think that's so important and why we've been so successful overall. But Jessica, what are some of the changes from when you started? You know. 15 so years ago, approximately, to now? And, and how does Carson help? And again, we call them our partners. How do we help our partners, our advisors, versus maybe what you saw in the past that, that didn't work so well? Yeah, I think, so first and foremost, when I came to Carson, I've been here almost six years. And I would say the um, thing that got me here is when I met with Ron and just knowing his position, like he is, when he says client first mentality, mm -hmm. like, the client is always first at every right. conversation. And I think, you know, that's something that has stayed consistent throughout my career as far as the advisor's focus. Um, those that don't probably don't stay in the business very long. Um, so that's just a key part of it. But what I've seen as an evolution is, you know, it went from being that asset allocator. Let's just pick a stock to bond ratio to the planning. How do we, you know, plan for college while we're planning for retirement? And then, you know, I think with the tech and all of that comes, it's like, oh, we can start getting these different tools to help with these different experiences that I offer as an advisor. And, you know, that's fantastic. But the evolution where we're going is those all have to connect. And I think mm -hmm. that's what's cool about um, here at Carson. We have 
you know, our data team does amazing stuff with our data warehouse, but, you know, we don't just say here, use, you know, money guide and, and use this. We build an experience around that. And so for, for the advisor, for the client, it's one connected experience, um, but you're still leveraging all those amazing tools that are out there. I'll just jump in real fast, Sono, get, get ready. You're next. Um, what shocked me, I've been with Carson for a year now, uh, right about a year now. And what shocked me when I first came, I realized some of the highest rated groups, some of the most loved groups inside of our our, our, um, our company were compliance and technology. And all I'm going to say is in my past lives, <laughs> working different places, nobody likes technology. Nobody likes compliance. At Carson, they figured that out. I said, oh, my goodness, if they can figure that out, all the other stuff, M&A, marketing, research, all the different things, we'll, we'll get that stuff right. But they figured those two things out. And that's what's so powerful to me when I looked around and said, oh, wow, people actually like the technology here. No one ever likes technology. That that was pretty pretty amazing. You want to build anything about that on, on just compliance and technology, how it feels to me like ours is wildly different than in other places I should say yeah. shout out to compliance i mean we interact yeah, with every day and they approve our yeah, podcast the blogs all yeah. of them so you know, so do why do you think i'll be a nice right now why do you think i'm giving a compliment <laughs> trying to get this podcast approved quicker no, teasing, no. <laughs> no i i think that's important i think the key is you can you know you can think big and come up with these grandiose solutions but if it's not easy to use and it's mm-hmm. not easy to understand nobody's going to use it. And so yeah. it's really kind of meeting people where they're at. What do they need? What's what's that biggest frustration for them in this process? And how do we make that a little bit better every time they go through it? So it's the small incremental little bit betters that add up to just time savings and just overall um, appreciation of the technology and, and what we have. Yeah. I want to pick on a thread, like you mentioned this, that Investments, I think everyone thinks about it as, oh, we're managing portfolios, right? But there's a lot more to it. You tied it, I think, kind of nicely. I want to, you know, like explore that a little bit more. Like, you know, it's beyond investment, beyond portfolio management, picking which, you know, stock bond ratio, which stocks to buy, which bonds, whatever. There's also other pieces to it, like tax planning, right? Uh, You know, at the end of the day, a lot of our clients, a lot of you listening to this, you have to pay taxes, right? And, you know, your, you get your return on investments, but it's actually after-tax investment that matters. And then that gets into planning as well, right? How much of these investments should we, you know, pull out to fund our retirement, to fund, you know, our kids' education, all of that, right? Maybe talk a little bit more of how you think about all of these pieces coming together beyond just portfolio management. I'm not to say that's not important. We do that, but. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it's like you said, it's that connected experience. And, um, you know, it, it starts out, you need a platform, you need the options Mm -hmm. there. And so we spend as part of investment research, we spend a lot of time and and you guys are a huge part of that is making sure that we don't just have a zillion options out there to choose from. We really spend time focusing on what are the, you know, who do we want to work with? What are the best asset managers out there? How does it work? You know, are they nimble and flexible to meet what we need? Um, So I think that's a piece of it. And then the other part is, you know, being, I I think I said it, but being nimble, you have to be Mm -hmm. able to make the changes when it matters to the client, uh, when it matters to the advisor. So you talk a lot of, you know, macro stuff here, when volatility picks up or when rates rise and now there's opportunities in other asset classes, you know, we don't want to catch up and add those later. We're planning our, our platform with purpose ahead of time. And so that also falls into the tax planning 
you know, some people need it, some don't. It matters a lot when you have a big liquidation event or a sell of a business coming up. We need to have those solutions just ready um, when you need them. So I know I was looking at the notes when we, we discussed some of this. I've got written down paralysis of choice. I mean, you want to talk a little bit about that because I've seen that before mm-hmm. where there's so many choices. Advisors, they're 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 stuck. They're frozen. And, and that's not that's just life. I joked before. I don't like going to Cheesecake Factory. Believe me, I love cheesecake. <laughs> but the, the menu is too big. I cannot make my mind up, although I know yeah. I'm getting like a dive of chocolate cheesecake. That's obvious. <laughs> but in terms of the entree, I don't know what to do. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about that, how we see that and how we help our partners get through that. Yeah, I, I think some of it. So a, a good example, um, Sony was presenting at, at something and I was accompanying him and there were a lot of advisors um, in in the room that weren't a part of the Carson network at all. And so, you know, sit down, they unfortunately sat next to me at breakfast. So I immediately start 20 questioning them on, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do? How do you like it? What, what doesn't work? What works? Mm-hmm. And like, every time I ask that to somebody outside the network, it's the resounding like, yeah, we can use anything, but they ended up spending so much time figuring out do I use, you know, State Street first BlackRock? And, mm-hmm. you know, and we have both of those and there's great reasons for it, but it's all of the options and none of the support. And so what's mm-hmm. so important mm-hmm. is having, again, just, just like you guys in this podcast and everything else our team puts out is, you know, surrounding it with the education and support for the advisor so that they can just go one place, find what they yeah. need. And again, focus on their client because that's where the impact happens. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, one thing that, you know, when you talk about Carson, so when I, it's been four years since I joined Carson. So Jessica, how like long this have you week, been right? Like, by the way, this so week, real yes. fat, like, like this week, right? Congratulations. This week or, or, or last week by the time this is out, yeah. but yes, uh, Whatever. you know, close enough. And, you know. and Jessica, we've hit like the 10 minute mark. See, this would be easy. I told you it'd be easy. We're thinking, <laughs> we might, we might go a little long. This is a good conversation, but anyway, we're, right. we're round and third heading for home here. Yeah. Right. Jessica, how long have you been at Carson? It'll be six years in August. Six years in August. So, so one thing I associate with Carson, and this is interesting. As soon as I walked in, is uh, you know I, I saw these things called GSD everywhere. You know, uh, can you explain uh, what that is for everyone <laughs> listening here? Because yes. I think that very nicely defines you too. So yes, yeah, it's um, one of our core values, and so uh, depending on your audience, it's get stuff done um, for our public audience here. But <laughs> it's really just putting. The work in and so you'll notice i even block you know chunks of my calendar out a couple days a week to just gsd that's literally mm-hmm. what it's labeled um but it's you know you have great ideas and you have great meetings and sometimes you can get just caught up in oh we're going to do this we're going to do this but setting aside the time getting stuff done if you say you're going to do something follow through get it done um that's just yeah a, a deep core value i think across the firm here Want to know more about the impact the 2024 election may have on the markets and the economy? We'll be covering everything advisors and their clients need to know in the lead up to Election Day, including what to expect from the markets, news out of Washington, and what historically happens after elections. You can find all of our 2024 election content at carsongroup.com slash election. That's so cool. Speaking of advisors and getting stuff done, Ryan, you just published, you just wrote a piece on 
what you, it's been a one year anniversary, almost a one year anniversary for you, maybe in a couple of weeks or something. And I, I love what you wrote about, you know, what you've learned about working with advisors and maybe, you know, I'd love for you to talk about that as it'll tie it into what you're talking about with Jessica too. Exactly. I've had the opportunity and honor to work with advisors for about seven years now, and obviously the past year with Carson Group. And, you know, things I've learned from advisors just real quickly, I mean, they want actionable things. Things are easy mm -hmm. to explain. Things are just maybe a little bit fun to, to tell a story, to help explain to their clients. You can talk about all these confusing things, but if it can't explain it to the end client, a lot of times it just falls flat, right? Um, so I found that also, you know, advisors, they want to have a community. Think about Carson Group, right? We were built on two things. I think this is my personal opinion. It's a one year in. I already talked about it. Everything we do came from Ron's success building this company. We think like how an advisor thinks with everything we do. The other thing, though, is an incredible sense of community. We've got about 350 partners, advisors here, and it's growing, right? Uh, that's approximation. But that sense of community is incredible. It's not like you're just on this island by yourself when you come over to Carson Group. We, the, the advisors are working together, right? Working with, yes, home office. We're all in home office at Carson Group. But the advisors are, are a part of the team as well, even bigger part of the team. You learn what works, what doesn't work. I think that sense of community is absolutely something that advisors crave. Because a lot of times at a big shop, maybe they don't feel as, as appreciated. And they're often this little island by themselves. It's not that way at all, um, I, I think, here. So the, I had fun thinking about my first year with Carson. I've had a blast, um, and it's been fun. Uh, Jessica, also a blast. Going to change gears for a second here as we head down, um, head to the end. You were you went to the College World Series. You sent Sony and myself a, a picture. You were hanging out with a really popular guy, a guy I'm a fan of. Who are you hanging out with? I don't know. Let's say a week ago or so, at College World Series. Who was that exactly? Well, I could tell you before that I had no idea who he was. Oh um, no! Oh, but Joe ouch. Burrow was in the uh, suite next to us, and LSU Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. So congrats! They, LSU. they had great mm -hmm. fans in Omaha. The LSU U group. It was pretty yeah, much nice. all purple when I was there. But um, yes, yeah, so one of the guys came and said, "Hey, do you, do you like football? Do you know who's over there?" And it's like, okay. And there was some story about how he could have been a Husker or something like that. And then they said, yeah. "Oh, he plays." Uh, for Cincinnati, I was like, oh, wait, now I care about this because now mm -hmm. I know uh, somebody who's a fan. So that was kind of yeah. cool. But I also realized it's got to kind of stink because once they showed him up on the big screen, mm -hmm. everybody was walking by trying to Take catch a glimpse at him. And I felt kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's right. a real quick Ryan story. There? Oh, you know. no, I, was, I was trying it, to get a picture. It, it was kind of like uh, walking around Partner Summit with you guys. You just, you know, can't catch a break. Uh, well, that's, that happens. A quick story. He was at Ohio State, transferred, ended up at LSU, won a national championship. Rumor is he had a bunch of connections to Nebraska, but the Nebraska coaches didn't want him. So anyway, it is, it is what it is. Um, so Jessica, you know, I know we have a really big fan of this podcast. He listens all the time. He's, he, I think he's real honored that you're on. I want to give you a chance to uh, say hi to this particular person. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. My dad. I said he's going to be the coolest guy um, at his uh, breakfast club with mm -hmm. this. So um, funny story with that, he had a friend who saw you on TV, Ryan, and, and okay. found out you're from Carson and, and somehow they were talking. And so my dad asked me, hey, do you know somebody named Ryan Dietrich? <laughs> like, I think I've heard of him before. Um, and so, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, they've got a great podcast. And of course, I grabbed his phone, downloaded it and figured out how to show him how to share it with great. all of his friends. And so you've got a, a loyal bunch here in Omaha listening right. to you. Well, maybe, you know, next time, uh, Sonu, you and I are in, uh, in Omaha, maybe we should go to the breakfast club with the boys. It sounds kind of fun. I'm um, yeah. all for it. Maybe yeah, at that fun. Cadillac place we went to. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Cadillac. Or Corvette, Corvette. The Corvette place. Corvette, the Corvette, Corvette, Corvette place. Corvette, Corvette breakfast place. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How could I forget? But uh, speaking of family, Jessica, as cool as your job or our jobs are, I think your husband actually has, at least what I think, has a pretty cool job. And I don't know if it's cool for him. But (laughs) what what does he do? Just just to describe that. He he works for the U.S. Marshals. So he's not a um, deputy. What he does is he, I think it's titled like administrative officer, probably should know that specifically, but what he does is he kind of budgets out for the different task force, but yeah, it's, it's a cool job. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of stuff goes on in Omaha that I, I guess bet. I didn't realize happened, but, <laughs> wow. um, whether yeah. you wanted to know or not, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of my favorite quotes, Howard Marks said, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. Nobody wanted the pandemic, I think. But, you know, working in financial services at the time, I learned a lot during the pandemic, specifically that advisors need, you know, that constant communication over communicate in times of stress is one of my main takeaways during that time. But, you know, Jessica, do you think about your career? We all make mistakes. I've made a ton of them, um, but you learn from them. Can you tell us one or two mistakes that you've made or you've seen that, um, you know, maybe someone listening could learn from so they don't make that same mistake? Yeah, I think there's probably too many uh, mm-hmm. to name, but just uh, keeping with kind of the theme here is really thinking you had to wait until you were in a certain role or a certain position to mm-hmm. suggest change. And I mm-hmm. think one of the things like when we bring on, new people, whether they're entry level or or super experienced, it's like, you've got the freshest set of eyes and the path dependency isn't there for somebody brand new. And so, you know, that's kind of the best time to jump in and just ask the question of why do we do it this way? If something doesn't seem right, there might be a a legitimate answer. And most of the time there probably Mm -hmm. is, but just asking those questions, um, you know, helps you learn and I think you can solve problems quicker if you do it that way. Yeah. How, how many times do you say, why do you do it that way? Well, I don't know. We've always done it that way. I mean, that <laughs> yes. is, that, that's, believe me, that's not just our company. It's everybody. Well, we always did yes. it that way. But those new set eyes, which, by the way, won't give it away, but the Carson Investment Research Team is growing. We're all really excited. We got some, some, new, some new people coming to the team. Very so hopefully exciting. they can have their new eyes and say, why in the world do you guys do it this way? Yes. I don't know. Let's do it another way. That's, right. one, that's one final, I'll say this one really cool thing about this team and this company, like you, what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. nobody thinks they're better than anybody else. We're all on the same team. We're all willing to listen. I mean, I love feedback. Our, our advisors, our partners have given us such incredible feedback the year that I've been here and before. Those are the best ideas because they're on the ground doing it. And then we, 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 we crave that, um, that, that knowledge. But Sonu, I think you've got time for one more and I've got time for one more. We are near the end of our discussion with Jessica. I'll, I'll piggyback off what you just said. I mean, looking back at your, you know, your journey and let's just, just, in finance, would you do anything different and, or would you tell the young Jessica, like, no, don't, don't do it. Or you should do something else the other way or whatever it is. Mm, yeah, that's well, I, I would tell the young Ryan, stay away from Jägermeister. I'll just leave it at that. That's, I, mean, I haven't done it in years, but that's what I would tell young Ryan. More, more milkshakes, less Jäger. But, uh, amen. There you amen. Go. <laughs> uh, that, that's a good question. I think, so I try to learn from every piece of it. And so I wouldn't take back any of the experiences that I, I think I had. I think early on, you know, I wanted to be an advisor. I learned quickly again, I want to solve problems. So 
that they can be the ones in those offices helping people through and counseling and educating them. Um, and so, but I don't think I would have gotten there without having lived, you know, three years during a tough market time in that. So I wouldn't change that. I think if I had to go back and say something, it would just be keep following your passions and keep asking questions. So something Mm kind of unique, not just here at Carson, but pretty much everywhere I've worked. It's like every time I get a, a, a new, this sounds immodest, but you know, a promotion or a new role, it's something brand new. And it's because I followed, you know, what I like to do and found a way to solve a problem. And so you kind of create a role around that. So I've been fortunate that, you know, for a long time, I've kind of been able just to delve into what's interesting and, and find its impact across a bigger organization. And so, um, learning that sooner and asking those questions and not being afraid to, um, you know, break a system if, uh, if it needs to be. And we've been breaking a few things and for the better and, uh, kudos to you too. I mean, Jessica, Brian, you just mentioned the fact that, you know, a lot of times the answer to a lot of things, a lot of to the question, why are you doing things a certain way is because we always did it that way. And, uh, like I said, kudos to Jessica for trying to break us out of that mold as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Carson. I've 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 heard Ron many times. If it's not broken, break it, right? I mean, that's that's <laughs> the motto around here is, is yeah. to do things like that. I mean, but Jessica, you know, again, we're we're kind of near the end here. I got one more for you, but thank you so much for for joining Sony and myself. You know, the impact that you have on our team, on Karsten in general, and and the industry is huge, and it's only going to get bigger and better. As as mm-hmm. you, you just got a promotion recently, we'll give you a little 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 shout out there, and yes. w- wildly deserved. And I can't yes. wait for the next one because you deserve the next one. But we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But um, you know, it's just, it's just fun to. Uh, I use the word fun. People always say, "Well, how's Carson?" I say, "It's fun." Like that's the word I use. I mean, there's so many other words you can use, but fun's an easy word. And I think we all love what we're doing. Hopefully, it comes through on these podcasts when you get a chance to hang out with us. And if you're an advisor in the in the industry, and some of the things we just talked about are appealing, go to CarsonGroup.com. We'd love to talk to you more about um, kind of how we can hopefully help you find your freedom, which is another tagline we use around here. Uh, Jessica, the final one promo: the mid-year outlook. Sonu and I are yes. going to be talking about the, probably the next next podcast you listen next to uh, from this this particular podcast i should say facts versus feelings will be the mid-year outlook we're going it'll come out on 7-11 for our partners and their clients that's july 11th um that we will talk about that at the, the, a lot at the next podcast but we're really excited about our mid-year outlook jessica final question for me and i always love this one mentors right uh, lots of people you can learn from maybe you've mentioned a couple so far but who are some mentors that have helped you throughout your career and what they told you that really impacted you yeah um that's a tough one because i do think you know even just you guys, people on our team, we learned from just Bert and Joey in the last year and a half. I've learned so much from them, but, um, you know, I think going back something, one of my professors in undergrad, it was a management professor. His name was Dr. Anstey. He was super, super tough. Um, but what he did is, you know, he would have a topic. And so it would be the one that kind of sticks out. It was like happy workers are productive workers. And then you'd kind of find a definition for that. But it didn't stop there. He expected you to then say, well, if it means this, then it doesn't mean these five other things. And so how do you explain why it doesn't mean these other things? And I, all of that to say, it kind of helped me think through different angles and you know different lenses. And so anytime I start a project or I'm trying to learn something new, I think I learn it deeper through kind of just the method that he taught me of, you know, what's the answer? start scoping out the other and really you're either more more convicted in, in your original answer or you find those weaknesses to 
you know, kind of push and, and get to the right solution. So I think that's something that's somebody that, um, you know, again, he was tough. A lot of people didn't like him. He found time to spend with me because I think I, I understood what he was trying to get across uh, when it comes to how to learn. Um, and so that just carried me throughout. And yeah, so he's one. No, well, that, that was great. great. Well, thank you to all the listeners out there. Episode 41 of Carson's Facts versus Feelings, Putting Theory into Action with Jessica Golson is wrapping up. Jessica, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thanks, Sona, as always, and, and uh, thanks, Chelsea, our producer, for getting us out there. And with that, everyone, we hope uh, you had a happy and safe July 4th. We are recording it before that. And again, the next podcast will be the Mid-Year Outlook, which should be a lot of fun and you know, you kind of, if you've listened to this podcast every week, maybe you kind of know what we're about to say for the mid-year outlook. But, you know, we, we've um, we've had some pretty good um, good calls so far this year. We'll update how we see the world the second half of 2023. So with that, everyone, thanks again, Jessica. We'll see everyone at the next one. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Information provided on Facts versus Feelings with Sonal Varghese and Ryan Dietrich are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. The statements and opinions of show guests may not be reflective of CWM LLC or its affiliates. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested indirectly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principle. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Facts vs. Feelings are not affiliated with CWM LLC.